I can never get my child to talk to me. What do you do to get a child to talk? We're going to look at that this week. How do we get our children to open up? You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J, and it's something you have to teach your kids anyway, and you get excited about the first word. What's the word that they're going to say first? <laughs> and then you can't get them to be quiet, mm. and then you have to deal with how do you communicate through good times and bad times and disappointments and celebrations and all that. And expressing things. Yeah, communication process is very, very interesting, actually. You get so excited, especially your first child, you get so excited to hear hear them say something it's usually mama or whatever of course no the word no is not far behind but you get so excited to do that and then all of a sudden they're toddlers and they're three years old and they're babbling they're talking all the time and all the time and all the time and then four and five years old you cannot take it any longer so Mm -hmm. they're pulling on your dress or your Mm -hmm. pants to get their attention for them to get mom's or dad's attention and it's almost like they shut down a little bit and you've got a five-year-old who's a whiner because they couldn't get your attention talking normally so they have to whine and talking they don't like this and this won't work to get your attention. But communication is unbelievably important. And teaching a child to communicate and teaching a child to open up and teaching a child to talk is probably not high on our list of I want to teach my child to do this. And yet it's got a huge impact on our child's future. We've got to decide we're going to find venues for doing this. Now, what kind of talking are you talking about? All kinds of talk. There are basically, according to Powell's table on communication, five levels of communication. One is is the cliche conversation. Cliche conversation is irrelevant talk. Hi, how was, hey, honey, how was school today? Fine. What'd you do? Nothing. Okay, we've had a great conversation. Right. We said nothing. Right. Nothing. When you walk into church and people, uh, you ask somebody, hey, how you doing? And they say, fine. You didn't even hear what their answer was. You know it's an obligatory humanoid thing you have to right. say. They could have said, I'm near suicidal. And you're, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm, well, I'm near suicidal. And you could say, great, good to see you too. And walk on by. <laughs> totally miss it. I hope not. Uh, yes. No, I hope not, too. I I think the next level of communication can be described as editorial communication or journalistic. Journalistic communication is number two, where you're giving facts. Mm -hmm. How was school? I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. And then the third level of communication is editorial, where you give your opinion on the facts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you hear so-and-so's moving to Atlanta? But the next levels of communication are risking feelings and then expressing feelings. Mm -hmm. And we want to help our children learn how to get to the point where they can zip through cliche conversation, be able to do how a school, but also be able to express what's going on in their hearts. Mm-hmm. I want them to have opinions, but I also want them to be able to express what's going on in their hearts. And we're in a culture that doesn't do that and really doesn't even know why to do that. And so our children never really learn how to communicate and they stay in the safe world of texting and Facebook. Why do you think that is? Is it just not safe enough anymore or we've been hurt or it's just the way culture has gone because we're so immediate that there's not even the time to get into the deep conversations? Wow. I kind of think you just gave the whole answer. That was oh. awesome. I think it is because we're so very, 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 very busy mm-hmm. and we're zipping all over the place. And the fact that we do that, we don't teach our children to communicate. I was reading something last night on social networking and how social networking was really initially just exploded because of the females in our population having a need to connect. Yes, thank you, yes. Yes, having a need to relate. And I think that what happens, we're so busy and we're so stressed and we're going and we don't have the opportunity just to sit and exhale and be still and communicate. That's one. I think, too, you said a great one. I think because we're busy, we're abrupt and it's not safe. It's safer 
to do cyber communication. It's just safer to social network mm-hmm. because you can shut it down if, if the text isn't nice or whatever. Right. But we're raising a generation that is finding it safer and lingering in social networking and not really having eyeball to eyeball process. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Express feelings. And we're raising a very, very lonely group of kids out there. And little wonder that the suicide rate for kids is up. How do I say that hurt my feelings? How do I even venture that? That's a big risk. And that, that whole level four of risk feelings. And risking feelings is huge. How will they be perceived? You know, my dad saying, you know, you keep crying, I'll give you something to cry about. Or, you know what, Bob? He called me Bobby. You know what, Bobby? You're going to grow up and realize that's nothing. Don't pay any attention to those kinds of people. Well, Dad, I may grow up, but here I am now. Right. And I'm hurting with that. I, I think there was a generation, you know, I'm your parents' generation. And I think I was the generation where things started to pick up. You're the generation where, where life really picked up and now our kids generations are huge mm-hmm. hugely overstuffed and so when you've got three generations in a row that didn't end the evening sitting in front of the fireplace or end the evening sitting on a front porch you have no idea mm-hmm. how to just be and mm-hmm. say hey do you ever think about this mm-hmm. or dream together it's unbelievably important but the goal is not communication the goal is to have the task of communication under my belt before I get married. I can't possibly be married and not communicate. And I believe this. I don't know that there's a verse in the Bible that actually totally validates this, but I believe I get this from the Bible. I believe that God puts together men and women who one is a communicator and one's not, generally. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is the woman in the marriage has a need to relate and find intimacy through communication. The male in the marriage generally gets married having no clue how to communicate, but he's very interested sexually in having a relationship. So I think God uses this whole dynamic when Rosemary says, you know, how could you be interested in making love tonight when we didn't even talk to each other all night? And that's where I'm kind of scratching my head and saying, well, I don't see where the two connect. (laughs) Uh, And so God said, it's not good for man to live alone. And he gave Eve and the two of them. It gives her an interesting power, uh, her sexuality, to draw him into communication Mm -hmm. because he desperately needs it. Men are the most unbelievably lonely people on the planet. Our DNA is to grow up competing. We compete, men compete with men over everything. We even compete over funny things, even with our best friends. And if somebody said to me, could we just go have lunch? I'd like to get to know you better, Bob. Another Mm -hmm. guy said, I'm not going to that lunch. That's a scary (laughs) lunch. But if he said, let's go hit a golf ball, that's a four-hour excuse for a conversation. Let's go fishing. That's a whatever-hour excuse for a conversation to actually build a relationship. And if you ask the typical man who his best friend is, it's somebody from 20 years ago that he hasn't seen. Right. So it's not good for Bob to live alone. I'm going to give him Rosemary. And the fact that Rosemary Barnes is gorgeous, he's going to begin to try to figure out the key to this relationship, probably motivated sexually, but at the end, motivated for the right and the proper intimacy. And then it says, and the man and his wife are both naked and not ashamed. And Mm -hmm. that's not a sexual reference. I think that's a finally he can be open and naked with her. Mm -hmm. So that the ultimate reason to teach my children to communicate is so that they express feelings properly. I mean, and, and the ultimate reason is it makes them marriageable. So how do you translate that then with your kids? Because you have these boys and they're not naturally talkers. Right. And then how can you help them, even your girls, to not talk condemning all the time or whining all the time? And then the boys too, not whining, but actually talking about feelings. I think I've got to give them the venues and we're going to spend time a lot of this later on the week, but just in a nutshell, when would be a time we could talk as a family? When would be a time we could talk as individuals? 
And we were really big on deciding we're not going to eat every dinner at Boston Market on the way to something. Mm -hmm. We've got to have some dinner times at home alone. We were really big on a family night every week. Mm -hmm. We tried to maintain it on one night a week, and we couldn't always. We had to get ahead on our calendar. Now, was that your initiative or Rosemary's? I think that the dinner hour was Rosemary's initiative and the game family. The competitive side came from me. (laughs) You know, I, I watched an interesting interesting thing happened putting the two together when we lost the set of house parents years ago and we just had one or two children's homes here at Sheridan House I moved in for a long time to be a house parent and it was a good thing to see okay what does their job really entail and volunteers would come and cook the meals and we'd be there me and another man and we decided around the dinner table to play a game like okay tonight guys uh, we're going to keep a running list and check them off we're going to keep going around till and you're out of the game when you can't think of a state you know, so you start Alabama, and we keep going on around states and name a state. We just made it a game that also taught geography at the same mm-hmm. time, and we changed it. We changed it from that to name cars, and we changed it from that to name cities in Florida, and we changed it all the time to different kinds of things. And we'd announce it a little ahead of time if anybody wanted to get ready for this game. Here's the dinner game. And but I watched something happen. I watched it get so we weren't just racing from the table, and I watched we'd finish the game and we'd still be sitting at the table longer. And guys would actually ask questions even in front of ten other boys. Mm-hmm. Nine other boys. They would ask a question and we'd begin talking and, you know, Dr. Barnes, did you ever do this? Or how did you handle that? Or or, or one night, how did you know that Rosemary was the one you wanted to marry? Mm-hmm. It was just, wow. it picked up an intimacy and it became one of these things where you could see they were really looking forward to finally having somebody that was a safe place to talk. Mm-hmm. And so I translated that home. We're going to have game night and we're going to use mm-hmm. the game as the excuse to be sitting down together eating popcorn and, and mm-hmm. actually talking. And actually blocking out time, enough time to to relax. So we can't, you know, it's not just, okay, we're going to do this for 30 minutes and then we're going to go off and yep. do something else. It's some breathing time so that you can ask those questions that might mess up the rest of the plans of the night. That's right. But here we are. And from that, it translated into my life to set aside a time when I would be alone with each child each week. Mm-hmm. You know, taking Tori out to breakfast on Wednesday mornings at McDonald's on Flamingo and mm-hmm. kind of opening them up at 630 and it had to be a time where I was listening only. I might ask questions, but you know, for me, that could easily translate into I'm talk to her about the condition of the, of the bathroom. Right. And I can't believe you left the bathroom. I couldn't be that. And watching that evolve, and here's an interesting thing that happened as that did evolve. It became our Wednesday morning. She many times tried to get out of it. Do I have to do that? I don't want to get up early. Do I have to do that? And I didn't realize it was probably subliminally, at least, or subconsciously, a, a test. How badly do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. And as a parent, I confess, there are many days I would love to not have done that, mm. especially middle school years when it was just bizarre conversations. <laughs> but when she was a freshman in college, I was flying through to Chicago, and she went to college in Lexington, Kentucky, and I was flying through to Chicago and I stopped off on a Tuesday. I was speaking on a Wednesday. I stopped off on a Wednesday night. I was speaking. I stopped off on a Tuesday night and visited at the college and took all eight girls in the quad out mm-hmm. and then was dropping them off in two cars back at the dorm. And Tori said to me, Dad, are we going to have our breakfast tomorrow? Because um. it was Wednesday. That was the closest thing to a thank you I will ever get. That's or that okay. I like these. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> 
But I realized we were learning how to talk, and both my kids really know how to talk. They yeah. know how to communicate today. But did they really talk? Because, I mean, I've been in situations and you're doing all the talking or asking questions, trying to get out of them, and they just don't want to talk at all. I think there are times we need to give them permission, like immediately after school, one of mine, when I'd pick him up at school, didn't want to talk. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are other times when we ask open-ended questions. How'd they make you feel when that happened? Whatever those questions are, and try to pull out of them the, the beginnings of feelings, but realizing the goal is not to get them to talk today. The goal is to send them out the door as communicators. Mm-hmm. And so we keep going and we keep going and keep going, but we realize that communication and communicating your feelings is something most adults don't know how to do, especially right. most adult males. And so it's a long process that I've got to be dedicated to realizing the goal, the goal, the goal is not a 12-year-old, incredibly deep communicator. Mm-hmm. Or the, saying all the right things either, because oh, the, well, they're the, not. Well, you just said a perfect statement there. The goal is permission to fail at communicating, Dad. Okay. And permission to have an opinion that disagrees with yours. And that was important, too. Can you say something? Is my dad safe? Can I disagree with that opinion he has without him jumping all over me? And some of us would just like our children to say what we want them to say rather than hear what's on their heart. I want to know what's on their heart. But this is not just for the child. This is for the child when the child becomes an adult. But this is also for the child who goes through tremendous pain in life and people hurt their feelings in middle school and people reject them in high school and on and on and on to teach them how to express hurt so that when they get married, rather than shutting their spouse down during difficult times, or scary times rather than the only communication in their home comes out of the television set mm-hmm. to set them up to win not only to win in the marriage but set them up to win in their employment world mm-hmm. where someone has hurt their feelings to be able to go back down the hall and say can i talk to you for a minute to be able to do a matthew yeah, 18 very few people actually do well that. yeah we just write people off and decide we don't like them right rather than say well, the comments you made in there offended me Or they'll tell everybody else, just not the person, or stuff it down. Exactly. And we're not doing scripturally what we're supposed to do. We're not doing anything that builds this relationship. We end up just checking people off. And I think we check people off because we grow up in a big enough metropolitan area where we can check people off and find other friends, other churches, other anythings, Mm -hmm. rather than say, I need to deal with this. I mm-hmm. need to go after this. I, I need to say, we need a cup of coffee. What just what was just said in there was, I just got to ask you some questions about that. I want to raise a child who's able to go out the door knowing the, the process of communication. I want to raise a child who's able to go out the door and can express what's going on in his heart. I want to raise a marriageable, employable leader that Christ can use. You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. If you want to find more parenting resources, they're available online at SHFM. That's short for Sheridan House Family Ministries, shfm.org. And if you want to hear this program again, Facebook it. You can like it there, even share it with a friend or sign up for the daily email blog that's sent to you every day. You can do that online at parentingtoday.org. That's parentingtoday.org. And we hope you'll join us tomorrow for more on the importance of teaching your child to communicate here on Parenting Today.